Hi, welcome to Listening to Leaders. This is Nathan Harrington, and thank you so much for being here. For my second episode, I am thrilled to share the conversation that I had with Kim Cook. Oh man, y'all, Kim is a gem of a human being. She is a serial entrepreneur, a total marketing genius, and has a very unique and inspiring vision for business and how it can be used to empower people. She is currently the chief revenue officer for Dirt Gopher, which is a leading aggregate and materials trucking company. As you'll hear at the beginning of our conversation, she is using transporting dirt as a way to make a difference in the world for people, in the environment, and beyond. To be this remarkable type of leader really takes something, as you can imagine. One thing that it has taken for Kim is really engaging at an authentic level in her own personal development. At the age of 32, Kim has already accomplished so much, personally and professionally, and I can't wait for you to get to know her. Please enjoy my conversation with Kim Cook. Just first of all, just thanks for coming in on a of course. Saturday morning. And in a second, I'll have you introduce yourself. But I want the listeners to know who you are for me. And beyond, and this has kind of, no, well, I won't say it has nothing to do with why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Because it actually, that you are the type of person that you are for me is the kind of leadership that I'm committed to elevating in the world. So oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll tell this story fully some point, but so just so people have a little bit of background. So almost two years ago, I got fired from my dream job and I was heartbroken and and pretty quickly, though, I was like, OK, I cannot go like put my head in the sand for too long or I'm going to, you know, go to a dark, dark place. And so I had this idea of doing a 21 day habits challenge of, and I came to you. You're, I think, one of the first people that I came to and I was like, yeah, I think. I could record some like daily video content and, you know, maybe do like a weekly call and and just like support people in creating new habits. And you were like, oh, yeah, that's a great business idea. Yeah. And I was like, when are you going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> when I go, I go, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I was like, no, I'm not a business. I'm just like looking for something. I was like, I'm fine with making some money from it, but I just want to stay connected to my network and, you know, and stay out of my head. And And you're like, I got that. But that's a business. That's a business. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and before I knew it, you had me setting up a business Instagram account and were helping me run some Facebook ads. Filing an LLC. Filing an LLC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, there were that was one of several places where you were just so here. Here was what kind of was in the background of all of that for me and what our relationship has always been like for me is you just so hold me in this regard of like, of course you can. Yeah, of like, course, of course you, can. you can. Of course you <laughs> <Yeah>. can. <laughs> and it's like, it's so wonderful and sometimes confronting to be related to in that way. Like, mm. like all of my sort of internal judgments about myself and what's possible and da 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 are there. And you're just kind of like there as this like, this bright-eyed, like, space of possibility of, like, why would you think any of that stuff, you know? <laughs> Just go do it. Yeah. Just yeah, go do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so thank you for, 
for being that for me, because you've been one of the people who um, it's not going to be a good episode if somebody doesn't cry at least one point. <laughs> and it, you really have been like a handful of people over the last two years who have just so been in my corner. And I want you to know, like, that has meant the world to me. So oh. so thank you. I'm honored to be in your corner. Always <laughs> be in your corner. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's Thanks. been incredible to watch you. <laughs> yeah. You've, you know, gone above and beyond and mm. beyond that. And it's been just a thrill to watch. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So now that we said that, <laughs> what do you want to say to introduce yourself? What do you want people to know about you? Oh, man. Fun facts about me. I was born in Korea. Army brat. My dad was based in Seoul. And so yeah. I'm half Korean. And I immigrated in 96 to actually get better medical care for my mom. And unfortunately, both my parents passed of cancer in in the States. And so my much older half-sister adopted me and my little sister, and we ended up in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas since like 2000. How old were you when your parents passed? Seven and 10. Okay. Yeah. So I was really little. I think the independence that I have definitely stems from that experience. Mm, okay. But then I had to like unlearn Let's that. put a pin in that and come back to that. Oh, yeah. I think that might be interesting. Oh, yeah. And then... I moved to Sherman, Texas for college. Went to Austin, Austin College. Austin College. Good old kangaroos. Did I ever tell you that I went to church camp there? Yes, you the did. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I used to have a job in the summer managing the church camps. Oh, wow. That was a riot. Okay. okay, yeah. And then after college, I actually lived in Mexico for a year to pursue a public health career. So I volunteered in like middle nowhere mountains doing public health care, mm. specifically for diabetes. And then I moved down to Houston in January 2013. And then I finished my master's in public health at UT and like took the HIV research world on and thought I wanted this like big shot PhD research career. And I realized I actually really hated it. <laughs> it's a good, so, good thing to realize. I was like, oh, no, I do not want to sit behind a computer and like write research all day. And mm -hmm. so I quit my job at UT and then went into the, the Iron Yard, which mm -hmm. was a coding boot camp for five months full time. And learn how to code and open my first business that like epically failed because oil tanked in 2016. And then I pivoted to opening a, a, a website marketing business mm -hmm. and have been doing that for almost six years. Okay. And then I think the so far cherry of the story in my life so far is that I went back to school again, uh -huh. lots of school, got my master's in business administration at McCombs. And I finished last year. And then after I graduated, I went and raised almost $4 million and started a company called Dirt Gopher. Ooh, the place million. to go, the place to go for dirt. Uh huh. So I, we have to plug that real quick is y'all have to go and like, go, where can people see the y'all's billboards? That you oh, yeah. Created? Our billboards they, are in they Sherman. Just it somehow. Can they probably yeah, see so that? Yeah. So you can look at it at Google My Business. I posted the photos. Okay. You can also <laughs> see them on our, yeah. It's like genius marketing for, it's, for dirt. I just, you know, want to compete against the funniest billboards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. With Bucky's. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. You're like, this is right up the there The gopher with versus the beaver. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so now I aspire to just to be, like, you know, the dirt queen of Texas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is my mission. Yeah. Dirt queen. So, okay, so going back to your independence, mm -hmm. um, how has that played out? So, you know, when my parents died, it made it mean that I can't rely on anyone else and I got to figure it out on my own because mm. I'm like, well, no one's there for me, mm. which isn't true. That's like mm. a 10 year old's reaction to a tragedy. Total. Valid reaction. Valid reaction. But then, you know, it it did serve me like I 
did very well in school. I got, you know, massive scholarships to Austin College. Like I joined sports teams, was able to showcase leadership. But like independence and resilience could only take me so far, right? Because eventually, like in the world of business, business is about people. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to work with people, mm-hmm. part of that is like teamwork mm-hmm. and trust and delegating Mm. and like that kind of world. And so I've had to like really pivot in the last few years to like unravel what I've learned to take on like these new aspects of like being part of the business community in a new way. And I think if I hadn't done that, I couldn't have really started Dirt Gopher and Mm. my other companies that I've started. Yeah, through like prioritizing relationships and, yeah. and collaboration yeah. and things like that. And auth- authenticity and mm. being able to uh, trust people. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Have you you've heard the the expression independence is, how do they say it? Like independence is, is code for lonely. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, it um, can be lonely. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think every, so many things are like that, that there's the positive side to something and the negative side to mm-hmm. it, right? Like independence is a way of being a character attribute that really works for being an entrepreneur, for going and like achieving, you know, there's what's the saying? There's getting ahead and getting along. Yeah. Right. It's really good for getting ahead. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't necessarily always serve the getting along. The that bigger human picture. beings need to, my, uh, to thrive. My favorite saying is if you want to go fast, mm. go alone. Yeah. But if you want to go far, yeah. go together. That's great. Yeah, because it really takes a tribe to do anything. Yeah. Even your marriage, my marriage with Lauren. Yes, it's us two, but it's like all of our friends that support us and our families that support us. Mm. And like our relationship is bigger than just the two of us. And in my businesses, it's not just the three owners. It's like, you know, our 20 other odd team members and them supporting us and us supporting them. And then in my family, it's not just our family, it's our extended family and like our friends that are part of our family. And it's just, it's always a bigger picture if you take a step back that you can be involved in if you know to look there. Yeah. 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 Totally. You said you had to learn how to trust. Oh yeah. What's that been like? At first really frustrating. Because for me, when <laughs> okay. I know I'm gonna do something, it's gonna be done the right way. Right. <laughs> and when I tell someone else to do it, I'm like, that's not the right way. Uh-huh. And yeah. then but then I realize is that leadership is a really funny game of telephone. So when I Same tell more. someone yeah. when I tell someone to do something and they do it in a certain way, it's really a reflection on me. I've come to realize, mm. did I give them the right instructions? Did I give them the right tools? Did I, you know, make an assumption for we had a common understanding for what this tool does or however, you know, scenario you want to play it out, but then really being patient with them and then myself learning that, you know, I have to be really intentional mm-hmm. in what I tell people because what I say, then they carry out and then the next person carries out and then the next person carries out. And if I say it wrong or didn't really think it out, then it's crazy. It's like this chain reaction of a kind of a mess. Yeah. Well, so I just want to say that that's an extraordinary way of thinking about your communication as a leader. Now, in some ways, like what you just described is actually completely factual, right? And that's not how people necessarily think about their communication, mm. right? Like our sort of default or my default way of thinking about it is like, well, I told you and... <laughs> I had a picture in my head that I was putting into words and how come you didn't get from my words the picture that I had in my head, right? Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the reactive place. But it sounds like you've really, like there's this clarity for you and like, well, I can go there in my thinking 
but really it's like ultimately what's going to make the difference is to take responsibility for that. Yes, people are going to do exactly. Well, I don't know if it's exactly what you say, but they're going to do whatever they interpret you yeah. to be saying. So you got to do your best to make sure that what you say, they interpret the way that you want them to interpret. Yeah. yeah. And part of that is I had to shift my assumption of people and shift it into every person's capable. Yeah. 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 So and that's every, where the trust piece comes in, yeah. right? And then every, and that every person has a good intention. Like even, you know, if I tell someone, hey, like we need to achieve this, this and this inside of this project and they do it in a weird way. And I know they didn't like mean to like mess something up or, you know, it's there's you just have to assume the best intentions and then assume that they really thought that they understood what was to be done. And then I have to go back and look at it. I was like, well, what did I say and who was I being mm. and what did I do or not do to like have this outcome happen? And then if you want to take an even bigger step up is like, you know, who I am as leader, I understand affects them as leaders. And then watching them train their team is also a reflection of me. Yes. And then it becomes an even funner game. Mm. And then it becomes an even more complicated game of telephone. <laughs> and so I have <laughs> right. to be like super careful about when I show up to work in a space, it's like who I am, who, I, who am I for others? Mm. Because that's how they're going to be with their teams and their team's teams. And that's how I take on leadership. Mm. It's great. And, and I don't think I could have engaged in that if it wasn't for trust and like really being able to, you know, be with people in that way. Because mm. in the past, like past Kim would have been like, nope, I'll just do it myself. Like, mm. just get out of the way. I'll take care of this. But you don't really you can't build a company that way. Yeah. There's there's no way for like growth and prosperity and alignment. It's just none of that would happen. Yeah. I see that so frequently is that really is the lid for so many leaders is it's easier to just do it myself. If I want it done the right way, I just got to do it myself. And it's like this weird kind of... It's um, a toxic shortcut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it's like a straight jacket, right? <laughs> but no, I think that's even more accurate. It is a toxic shortcut. Because you get the immediate results. See, yeah. I did it. It got yeah. done right. Uh-huh. But then you shortcut people. Yeah. And then you make them feel less. Yeah. Right. And that's why people leave. They don't get mm. developed. They don't get trained. And then your companies don't grow. And then when your companies don't grow, you know, then you're not growing as a leader. And it becomes this like really bad negative feedback loop. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool, Kim. You have, I've seen this about you and I'm just really present to it right now is you have this really keen understanding of humans Oh, thank you. Right. <laughs> like of like people of like what it takes for people to be empowered, what it's, you know, an awareness of how we impact each other, how our behavior impacts each other in, you know, and to to apply that in the business setting to be someone who's like, you know, obviously I know like your wife and your friends are really important to you. And I mm-hmm. imagine you're I mean, I know that you're a great friend, but then to apply that in the different industries you've been leading in is is really great. Thank you. Uh, That's a great acknowledgement. Yeah. So what other transformational experiences have you had that have informed that ability, like the kind of leader that you are? Oh, man. You know, despite when I was 10, I was like, I'm alone. Like, no one's here for me. I actually had like, you know, an exceptional community in Capel, Texas, like kind of like just take me under their arms mm. 
and, you know, my godmother, like my church, my whole neighborhood. We had the best neighborhood growing up. We Mm. would just like go play Mm. all day and like run up. We had like this like six square blocks that we could go play. And then we'd all come home at dinner and those parents like looked out for me and made sure I was like doing okay in school. And my teachers really stood up for me, even all the way up to grad school. And the Landmark Forum definitely helped me in terms of really getting that I'm something happens and I make it mean something, Mm. but I'm the Mm. one that make it mean something. Mm. And stepping outside of that and actually like addressing what's so has been like tremendously impactful in my life. Mm. My wife. Mm. Oh, my gosh, my wife. You know, I before I met her, I didn't realize how uh, how how cliche I thought love was. It's like, oh, yeah, those songs are just crap. Like people thinking love is like this one thing. I was like, that's just such a fairy tale. Like, Mm. you know, when you're with someone, they make you better. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's just like, that's what they sell for movies, right? (laughs) Right. And then I meet my wife and I'm like, oh my God, it's all true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she does make me a better person. And it's not even just for the sake of being a better person. It's just the, I don't know, she like holds me accountable in a way with like such love because she sees who I am as a person, who I can be and who she knows I will be and Mm -hmm. just like hold space for all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like such a, a joy and privilege to be loved by her. Yeah. That's beautiful. It really does sound like you were raised by a village. Oh, yeah. Right. And it sounds like you've, I also know you've also created sort of your own village now. Mm. Tell me about that. You know, what's funny is I didn't realize is like me being really independent was actually like quite unauthentic because I like love people so much and I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for them. And so even though like I don't have you know, my real parents here, it's like, you know, I have the people who raise me mm-hmm. that I call parents that I'm grateful for. And then I've always, I think in my search for family, have made family out of friends and have kept them near and dear. And I have this like whole pack of girls. There's like, you know, 11 <laughs> lesbians in our our close circle of friends. Our chat thread is called the flannel. Uh-huh. And I... <laughs> That's great. And, <laughs> and they're all phenomenal. We're all in like completely different professional fields. Like, but when we get together, it's always a riot. And mm. I know that, you know, any one of them would be, you know, there for me if I called them and they have been. And we especially got closer during COVID. So every year I create a year of intention mm-hmm. instead of a New Year's resolution. So 2019 was the year of love. And that's actually when I met Lauren. Oh, cool. And then 2020 was the year of adventure. But then COVID hit and I'm like, how am I going to find adventure in a pandemic? <laughs> and then and then my girls, we became a pod. Mm. And I think we had some of the best times like ever nice. during the pandemic, just like us and fire pits in the backyard and Catan game nights and just like this like really deep sense of community. And and there are times where now we're like, you know, we're busier and, you know, we don't have to be in a pod anymore. And, yeah. you know, there are times where we're like, man, I, we miss those days, but we're still close and we still go like do things like that. But that was a really special time for us. Yeah, it's great. Unpack for people a little bit. Why Why do you say that being independent is inauthentic? Mm. I think, because I know what you mean, I think. Yeah. But, but kind of explain, because somebody might hear that and go like, well, no, that's like. A great thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it and is even, a great thing. And even like, why is it inauthentic? Like that's, if that's who you are, that's who you became from your childhood, then yeah. what's inauthentic about you know, a lot of times people look at my career and they're like, man, Kim, you're like, you're such a self-made woman. Like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I'm not self-made. It's like, do you know how people like pulled me up the ladder or push my butt up the ladder to, you know, get where I needed to be and yeah. hold me accountable? And being independent has been good because I've accomplished all of my own goals mm. and my stuff. And it's, but it's always been about me, me, me and like what I've wanted. Yeah. And if you really want to make a difference 
in the community, you got to take me out and like be for other people. Yeah. And that's what I mean about being independent. It's just like, what's the common goal? What's the shared goal? Yeah. Not just like my goal. (laughs) Yeah. And it also, I mean, tell me if this is a part of it also is being independent has been a reaction to something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so in that way, it's inauthentic to go around going like, I am independent. Like I am this thing. And it's really more like you kind of wound up being that way. Yeah. Right. And and then, like we said, it's kind of also winds up being a straitjacket that you have mm-hmm. to live your life inside. Yeah. So what what would you say your leadership philosophy is? Mm. You know, the, I think that the hot topic leadership quote is something called servant leadership. Uh-huh. And I love that. And I think it means a lot of things, a lot of different things to different people. Um, but for me, you know, what that means to me is I'm not winning if my team's not winning and my team's not winning if I'm not winning. And it's it's like this is the ecosystem set up, uh-huh. right? Be that in my community, in my family, in my work workplace and my businesses and making sure that creating an environment where we're if my team knows I have their back, they have my back. And together we go places mm. and making sure no one's left behind. And that's like, that's my leadership philosophy. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I think as much of a buzzword as servant leadership might be, it actually does point to something really radical. Right? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I feel like any buzzword or cliche, if you explore it, you actually get to something that's really profound. That's why it becomes a buzzword or a cliche. Yeah, yeah. And there is a way, you know, to be a servant means like, I'm here to serve you, right? Yeah. And and sort of the, I feel like our inherited paradigm for leadership is like, I'm the most, as the leader, I'm the most important. I'm I'm the most qualified. I'm the most qualified. Like all of that, right? And and you're here to serve me. Yeah. I have an intention and your job is to serve my intention. Yeah. Right? And there's a piece of servant leadership, which for me, I'll say, when I get myself to how can I be of service, that's always the most freeing place that I can land. Yeah. Right? Because when you are at the center of something, right, which you are as a Mm -hmm. leader, and that's not, you know, that doesn't mean anything inherently, but you do have a lot that's coming at you. You're responsible for all of it, right? That can be overwhelming. That oh, yeah. can be like drive up every bit of my my human garbage. And if I can just go like, and I'm here to just serve all of this, right? That There's just something that that does to me that frees me up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for example, you know, my sales team are a phenomenal group of young men. They're in like their younger 20s. Uh, and I don't know how we found these guys, uh-huh. but like I would keep them forever. Mm. But we, you know, created a system instead of Zendesk to manage all of our dirt orders. What's Zendesk? Zendesk is a ticketing tool. You can find it online. Phenomenal for customer service and sales management. Highly okay. recommend it. plug for Zendesk. Yeah, yeah. There. A little yeah. plug for Zendesk. <laughs> but, you know, before we really opened the doors of the company and we all met and huddled, it was like, okay, how do you want the sales process to be? Mm. It was great. We like all got together. We like laid it all out. And I got it built for them and you know and then and then we ran you know we officially opened in in January and we ran 
Mm. And I came back. I was like, how is it really? They're like, Kim, this is a mess. I was like, great. How do we fix it? Mm. They're like, what? Mm. And so like, I drove back to Dallas and we like all sat in a conference room with me and these guys. And I was like, how do you really want it to look now that you run it? Mm. You're like, well, I want this and I want this. But, you know, it's hard to coordinate jobs when I can't see where they are. And I have mm. to like keep looking up addresses. I was like, well, what if we overlap that on a map? Mm. We're like, that's amazing. And then we like, you know, created a whole new world called data on a map. And then Mm. looking at what would actually serve them. And that's being put into development and Mm. restructured right now. And training my team to also come to me when they need something. Mm. Because I can't serve them or help them if I don't know what's going on. Mm. And then part of that is building the trust in them that they can come to me, that I'm not too busy for them. Mm. And that can actually help them if they don't share. Mm. And that sharing is important. Mm -hmm. And that's been, I think, a huge difference for them Mm -hmm. and for me. Mm. Okay, so two things there. What do you think it was when you went back, right, and and supported them, created a conversation for you all to sort out having it work? What do you think that was like for them? Ooh. Well, so I, I tend to ask my team, you know, text message where I call them and, hey, what was the best part of your week? And every single one of them was like, you coming down and like being together and working uh-huh. together. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I was so touched. And they uh-huh. really meant it. Mm. For them, I can imagine that they like felt listened to and like incredibly supported and professional, right? Like these are like young men who are, you know, in like 23, 24, like really just starting out in their career. Mm. And I don't think they imagined that they would have that kind of authority to be like, I need this Mm. for my job Mm. and to train them to do that, I think Mm. was really liberating for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it is their job to do their job. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's you don't have to do it alone. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, because your job is, you could say, is to make sure that they're set up to be empowered to do their job. Yeah. 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 That's great. You know, the podcast is called Listening to Leaders, but then the two is in parentheses, right? Mm -hmm. So it's listening leaders also. Yeah. You can hear, like, you are creating an environment where they can be heard. Because that was the second thing you said is you ask them to share with you, right? And people people want to share, right? They want to communicate. And when there's not an environment, when there's not a person there that actually is willing to hear what they have to say and is willing to be impacted by what they say, right? There's, I feel like there's the, uh-huh. everybody knows you're like supposed to listen as a leader. <laughs> everybody knows that, right? And there's so much of like, let's take an employee experience survey and people give and you all this averages. feedback yeah. and then do nothing with it. Yeah. You know, so. Or they turn into statistics and. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, because, you know, my official title at Dirt Gopher is a chief revenue officer. Mm-hmm. And my I'm responsible for identifying, establishing, maintaining, and maximizing lines of revenue. And when I look at other CROs, I take a look at what they consider to be key performance. And they have phenomenal technologies and, like, all these graphs and charts and averages and, like, all the things that are happening in the business. But when I asked them, I was like, you know, who's behind that statistic? Mm. You know, there's a 20% decrease in sales. Mm. Why are you interested in your people? Yeah. Because yeah, business is about people. At the end of the day, it's the people making the results. Yeah. And like, do you know your people? Mm. Right? Yeah. And I, I have come to realize like the more and more and more I get interested in people, 
the better business does. Mm. And I'm not doing it to make better business. It's just right. the mm. a, a phenomenal causality. Yeah. And part of getting interested in people, is sometimes you don't always hear what you want to hear or you're, <laughs> you get offended about what you want to hear. Right. <laughs> like, you know, we have a massive technology installation in Dirt Gopher in a way that I don't think really has been quite done in the dirt trucking business. Mm. So everything's run on an app and we track our trucks and we have chips in the engines and like all these things to kind of help streamline our processes. And mm. one of our drivers didn't really have like a smartphone. OK. And I was like, you know, I didn't want to assume because like, you know, drivers, one, I can't believe how poorly people treat drivers or like mm. cut people off on the, you know, on highways and these things. And mm. if you really look at it, everything we touch, eat, feel, wear comes on the back of a truck. Yes. So thank you, drivers, first yes. off for driving and you know, making uh, what happens in our country happen. Uh, and then, you know, they, you know, they are of of this like phenomenal type of quality of like gritty kind of human. just like human. Uh -huh. And they're just like such a I love our drivers. Yeah. But one of our drivers was like had this huge fear of technology. Mm. And I was like, what is that? I was like, what 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 is that? Like, what does that mean? And he's like, you know, they're tracking us. The government is, you know, mm. taking all of our data and like this huge fear. And he's also like not really wrong. Like people do take data like Google. Sure. Yeah. yeah like they're listening happening. to it is happening. Right. But then, you know, I was like, your fear is valid. But part of your job is to use technology. Yeah. Right. Like you have to track your orders and upload your tickets and you know, look at where your next job is and yeah. make sure you're getting there safely. And so we had to figure out, it's like, how do, because, you know, I think it's, most people will just fired him. Be yeah. like, well, you don't fit the cut, you got to go. Yeah. Right. And I was like that for a while. And actually my business par partner, Palmer, really stood up for him. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, we'll give him a shot. Uh -huh. And uh, he's gone through this most remarkable transformation. Mm. He like ordered food online for the first time. Oh, wow. Ever. Oh, and I was like, wow. which sounds so small, right. but that's right, right. so huge yeah, in his like, world. It's 2023. Yeah, but like, that's like an illustration of how that fear wasn't just getting in the way of him doing his job. It was paralyzing him in a way to participate in the world. Yeah. Like if you, in 2023, if you want to be able to participate in life to like the fullest possibility, you do have to find a way to interact with all of the risk of yeah. privacy and blah, blah, blah in a way that you're empowered by. Yeah. You know? And and he has like really risen to the occasion. Mm. Like he is like double checking, hey, did I do this right? And is like fully engaging in training and is like really taking on the initiative to really learn. Uh, we use Tread as our operating tool for managing or dispatching. Tread's a Canadian-based company. They're phenomenal. And he is now watching like YouTube videos, to like learn how to fix his car. And it's mm. just like been this whole like blossoming happening. Wow inside of this gentleman and and he's an older gentleman uh-huh and so there's also a kind of a generational thing there just, maybe yeah. a generational thing yeah. but i mean yeah getting interested in people mm. is like i think the real key yeah it's been like such a fun incredible thing to witness yeah yeah it also i hear sort of giving space to people's humanity like mm. letting people be humans, kind of like what you said. It's like we for truck drivers specifically. I'm really I'm really inspired by that is, you know, we think of and you can look across in any industry. People who are in service positions as mm -hmm. being. They're a thing, 
right? They're they like they're the thing that hands me my coffee or they're the thing that yeah. ships me my goods. And truck drivers in particular, I can see as being related to as a commodity and yeah. not a not a living, breathing, three-dimensional human being that has feelings, that has families, that have things that are yeah. important to them. Yeah, they're gone from their families a lot, and they live on the road. Yeah. And, and then I looked at, when you're on the road, you don't eat healthy, and so they're just mm. at this, it's, I have like the deepest respect for drivers, and I'm mm. grateful we have drivers, because what we have at HEB wouldn't exist, and my pen wouldn't be available. My computer wouldn't be available. <laughs> right. The notebook that we're sit- sitting in front yeah, of us, the coffee cups, the yeah, table. None of, none of it. Yeah. It all comes on the back of a truck. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, again, I'll just say I'm deeply inspired by that because if you took that intention, and I want to kind of shift into talking about the the theme that you, mm. your theme for the year Map that onto every industry on the planet, and you have a transformed planet. Yeah. Yeah. I think 99% of the problems that we have as societies, one of the things that's at the source of it is us not seeing each other as humans. Mm. Right? Yeah, like a lack of gratitude. Yeah. Lack of gratitude, lack of compassion. Yeah. So sounds like you're really fighting a a, a noble fight. You know? I'm trying, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that. <laughs> but part of it is just also just like, I just love people. And I have to get out of the way where when I get up in the morning and I feel like a curmudgeon. I'm like, I haven't had coffee and I have to deal with this problem. And <laughs> it's, you know, seven in the morning. Yeah. And so you're I not Mother Teresa no, is what I'm you're not, saying. No, I'm not by no means. <laughs> and my, my wife and I, you know, we all have like an internal dialogue that like, you know, the little monkey on the brain that tells you, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Like, you know, F that. And uh-huh. I call that little voice Wanda. Wanda? Wanda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, and Lauren has, you know, a name for hers. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm engaging with that, I think the best part of our relationship and Lauren is like, is that you or Wanda talking? I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, that's so powerful when you like you name that internal dialogue. And every now and then it just happens to come out of your mouth and it sounds like you talking. Yeah. And you can see that. it's Yeah, my best friend calls hers Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and, you know, sometimes it's helpful to name that like little internal monkey dialogue just to like because it's not you. Right. right. It's just automatic it happens mm. you see something and you react and it's just like it's just part of mm. part of reacting but you don't have to be taken by it yeah. and then when i was able to like really establish that for myself i'm like oh okay like that's just wanda but kim really loves people mm-hmm. like kim is for people and shifting my context in that way and so when i get on a phone call at like seven in the morning helping a team member it's, you know it's just always like good morning how are you you know, what's going on and really getting into their world because how I am can really affect someone else's day. Yeah. And I would hate to be the reason someone had a crummy day because I was, what's the word? Not being your best self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I am so present to that to be the kind of leader that we're talking about really does take some some real work. Oh my gosh. Right. You can't daily. You, well, and you can't fake it. No. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I, uh, I just, I see you. I appreciate you. I get that you're like doing that work and you do it at home. Right. You like, <laughs> and again, you have, you have your home and your life and, and that set up so that it's not like, you know, some people I think 
think of leadership as like, okay, I'm going to now put on my leadership hat and go be the leader and, you know, perform maybe in a, like it's a performance, like it's just a yeah. show you put on, yeah, right? Yeah. But for you, th- there's like an opportunity that leadership is, which is to express yourself, like who you are mm-hmm. in this environment. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And part of that, what I'm exploring this year yeah, is, you know, my year us. of being intentional. Yeah. And so the year 2022 was the year of being unstoppable. Okay. Um, How did that go? Well, great. Okay. I, like, Here you are. Crushed. <laughs> yeah. I crushed my MBA. And to be truthful, like, I didn't know if I was going to graduate because mm-hmm. in my very, very first semester, this was like deep in COVID. I wasn't even sure if I was going to do this MBA. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing it anyway. And in my first semester, I had a very, very good friend pass away, mm-hmm. actually on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, it like really affected me. It affected my grades. It's like the first time I ever made like below a 3.0. Mm. And it like scared the crap out of me. And mm. I was like, who am I? It like really shook my confidence because I've always been like a high performer in school, like always done well, studied well. And, and I had to make a meeting with my dean about like my progress plan. I was like, oh my, I was like so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God. And I like wrote this whole plan. And um, part of that was actually getting coaching. Remember when we were mm-hmm, working together? Mm-hmm, yep. And my my dean, you know, hops on Zoom because we were only Zoom at that time. And he was like, look, Kim, this is the best plan I have ever seen. And I've been doing this for a while. I'm not worried about you. He just said, just do the plan. I was like, uh, OK. I was like, I can do the plan. <laughs> and a lot of that was being authentic with my classmates. It's like, I'm struggling. Like, I'm having a really hard time in school. I don't know this accounting thing. Mm. Help me figure this out mm. and creating a community there. And my classmates, I mean, phenomenal. What a special group of people. We like all came together during COVID. Mm-hmm. We were all just kind of like little Zoom squares mm. on a screen. And then we ended up just being like loving each other so much by the end of it. Yeah. And uh, rallying together. And they, I would not have crossed the finish line if it weren't for them. Wow. Shout like out. I, shout out, McComb. Shout class out. Of 2022. Yes. Right? Shout <laughs> out all day. McComb. <laughs> But, you know, but then I graduated with like a 3-1. Like Mm. I had to like raise my grades like every semester and show proof to school that like, yes, Mm. my my grades are improving. And they did. Mm. And they did improve, but not because I put in the work. It's because, you know, I I asked for help and, you know, and got, you know, my family involved and supporting me. And Mm. COVID was hard. It was just Mm. it was what it was and it wasn't what it wasn't. (laughs) And so I declared a year being unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So I finished, finished my MBA. You know, I got married in April right before I finished. And that was like, I think the best party of my life. That was like such a phenomenal day. And and then I raised $4 million and started Dirk. And so uh, that was being unstoppable. That was being unstoppable, which was so, great. Uh-huh. And um, it served you very well. And it looked maybe not exactly how you thought it was going to look, yeah. but it, it did. It produced yeah. some really cool results. So and now I have about- this company mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well... Being unstoppable in a company is great, but how far is that going to take me? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking internally because I realized it's like, you know, I don't have an issue being unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I've been unstoppable since I was 10. Yeah. Started as a reaction. Now I just kind of own it and like look at who I'm being. Yeah. But then, you know, when I really realized like leadership is like a funny game of telephone. Yeah. That when I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, what would it look like if I was intentional? Because people, look at me and I'm like, Cam, you're so busy. You're doing all these things. And I'm like, oh, I don't like being called busy. I am busy because I, you know, intentionally fill my days and do these things and have my life set up in a certain way. But then I realized that if I wanted to have the impact that I wanted to have, maybe slow down a little 
maybe do less and be more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of the being more is like being more intentional with people mm -hmm. and engaging in, you know, more thoughtful conversations. Mm -hmm. Like I would just go and have meetings and not even have an agenda. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, I know what we're going to talk about. And then I would leave and I'd be like, I forgot to talk about this one thing. And it, you know, it's such, it's, it's human nature to forget, but sure. I'm like, but I don't want to be that kind of human. Yeah. Like I want to be someone who's intentional and like makes an impact. And like every time I have a meeting, it's not just my time, but it's like that other person's time or team member's time. Yeah. And also being intentional in my marriage. Cause a lot of times now that I am in Dirk Gopher, I am in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm gone a lot. Yeah. So how do I still create and support like my new marriage? Mm. You know, we're not even a year, almost a year. Yep. And making sure she feels loved and not put to the side because I'm doing a business and being intentional with my friendships and making time for that. And, you know, the first thing that happens when you declare something is you realize how much of, you know, your life is not aligned to that yeah, intention. Yeah, yeah. It's like what you see, it's like you declare it and then all you see is not it. Right? Yeah. Like what's not that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so unintentional. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have ADHD. You know, I like go and I have high energy and I'm like kind of impulsive sometimes. And I run around. I do these things. And it's like definitely against my nature to like slow down and be like, OK, steps one, two, three. Did we do these things? Because I tend to go, OK. Here's 10 steps. I'm going to do eight, nine, 10, then jump back to one. And <laughs> and it's just like, you know, things get done, but it's just you know, chaotic. And so I was like, well, what if I didn't have to live that way? Mm. I was like, huh, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, an invented way of living. Yeah. Right? Like, a, like a brand new way of living. And so I don't, you know, we're in February. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how's it going? The good, bad, and the ugly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be truthful. And I think the biggest journey in that is like also learning how to not make myself wrong or less than because mm -hmm. it didn't hold up to my intentions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that didn't happen. Yeah. But I'm not a failure. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a, you know, all these things that I could engage with Yeah. as a result of not following this intention. Uh, or I'd be like, okay, great. Okay, what's the new intention? Yeah. And just training my brain that way. And yeah, and that's a daily, daily muscle I'm building. Yeah. Yeah. There's no silver bullet there, Oh right? my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I realized the best way to be intentional is to share the intention. Yes. Say more. Right. There's about to be a gold nugget here. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, if I share with my team, it's like, these are my intentions for the day. And this is what I'm set out to accomplish. They're like, oh, and that opens up with this like whole door. We're like, oh, that's interesting because I noticed this in the field. And it's like all these data points I would have never thought of to include in my day. But if I didn't say anything, I would have like, you know, set out what to do in my day. And it would have been like actually like half done work because it wouldn't have served my team. But then also like when you share an intention, you like hold yourself accountable to other people. Mm -hmm. And that's also a great motivator in a way to make sure you set out what you do. Yeah, to yeah. embody it, to actually follow through <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you could say, you know, I just saw this, is that sharing your intention is one of the ways that you embody intentionality, yeah. right? It is like, you know, if you kind of, if we were to dissect like being intentional, it, yeah. it kind of starts with going, okay, what is my intention? Yeah. What's important to me? What do I want to accomplish here? Yeah. What do I want? Who do I want to be in this situation? Who do, how, what do I want other people to experience in this situation? Right. Like establishing all of those things. And then when you answer those questions, I mean, you could say the answers in your head. Yeah. Right. You could write them down. And it's like the more you get them out 
of your head and into like reality, including in the in the listening of the people around you, the more that intention becomes clear for you. Oh, yeah. And when people, you know, share my intention, when I shared my intention, so for example, you know, I wanted to raise quarter million dollars cash last summer. Okay. And, but then I just started telling people about it. I was like, this is my intention. It's like what I wanted to do for Dirt Gopher. And, you know, the people that heard me may not have been the people wanting to invest or could invest, but they would, they would tell other people about, oh, this is Kim's intention. And then it would like kind of create this ripple effect. And, and I, I did that in a week and a half or two weeks after saying, I was like, I'm going to do this. And it, and it happened. Right. And there's power in that. I'm like, wow, it's like I can I can be that person mm. being intentional in a new way. And it's like really helped my confidence. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And and knowing knowing that I could be that kind of person has been really exciting. Yeah. Wow. So good. Such a good conversation. This is exactly what I wanted. Oh, exactly good. What I I'm wanted so happy. To be. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is it's exceeding my expectations. And I had high expectations for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say about being intentional. Mm-hmm. Oh, the best part about being intentional mm-hmm. is setting time where I don't have to be intentional. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's gold, right? Because I think when people start to think about being really committed and focused and da 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 da, it's like, where does it stop? And in yeah. a way, it's like, it doesn't ever stop. No. And you can even be intentional about the time that you're not going to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to somebody talk about, you know, time blocking every part of their day. And I don't know if you do that, but he was saying how by time blocking everything that he does and being really intentional with how he uses every minute and time blocking his time off, when he's taking his time off, he's clear that that's the only thing he's supposed to be doing right then. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which then allows for a level of rest. Yeah, okay. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm stealing your thunder oh, now. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like loving what you're saying. No, continue. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you see? I'm just like laughing when you said that because I used to not do that. I was like, every minute, every day, like I got to do these things. And then my coach is like, so when do you schedule time off? I was like, what do you mean schedule time off? I'll just, it'll, it'll happen. Right. And that's why I was like laughing and like nodding my head because I used to just be like every and it's and that's I think that's what creates burnout. Yeah. We are unintentional about being intentionally unintentional. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and or, so or said n- another way is like creating time for rest, creating yeah. time for play, creating yes. time for being social just for the sake of being social. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think I would say. I would argue that is just as important as like the intentional part because we are, we're, we're, you know, we're social creatures. Right. And then, you know, we're, we, you got to go play. Yeah. You got to go have fun. Like, yeah. you know, life is, you know, I don't think I've shared this often, but like I'm 32 years old and I've been to like over 25 funerals in my life, unfortunately. And I'm really present to the fact that it's not for granted, but life isn't for granted. And, and, and at the end of the day, when you're gone, you exist inside the stories people tell about you. And what kind of stories are people going to tell about you? That definitely drives me in terms of being intentional mm. and making the most out of it. Mm. But then sometimes making the most out of life is also scheduling play. Yeah. Yeah. And just like tomorrow. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not doing any work tomorrow. Nice. I'm going to go spend time with my wife. We don't even have any plans. We're just going to go do stuff. Yeah. Right. And I think in the past I've been like, well, you know, we got to I got to make sure my week's set up for work. And it's just been like so work focused. Mm. 
and realizing I'm more than just work, right? Mm -hmm. Work is a part of me. And I think that's really helped my quality of life. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Being intentional about being unintentional. (laughs) 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 That's great. It's like if you want to have a breakthrough or an access to having a breakthrough and being intentional is is being unintentional. Yeah, which is... Or being intentional about being unintentional. I think Mm -hmm. I realized that irony, you know, towards the mid-January is when I realized that. I was like, Mm -hmm. how funny. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize those two kind of come hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So I have some rapid fire questions. Absolutely. Okay. So actually, this one was there for me earlier. How have your different identities Right. So as, uh, you know, biracial, Caucasian, Asian person, uh, queer person, mm-hmm. how, how has that influenced the type of leader that you are? Ooh, you know, sometimes, you know, being biracial, like I am Korean, mm-hmm. but in Korea, they're like, well, you're like kind of Korean. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not like, yeah. I don't speak the language. Yeah. I mean, I eat all the food. The food's phenomenal, right? Like, yeah. f- food's a universal language. But <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm in no man's land, mm-hmm. um, which has been interesting. And then it's like caused me to question, like, how do I identify myself? I think funny enough, being in no man's land kind of let me take a step back and kind of just like look at everything. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And being curious about what is your culture like and just asking questions. And I've spent a lot of time in Latin America and it's like such a phenomenal culture. And then Black Lives Matter movement coming up and like really being interested in like, what is that like? Mm. And my curiosity has helped me. I think just like kind of better understand humans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like a part of what I would posit is Everywhere you go, you, Kim, you could sort of locate yourself as other. Mm. Yeah. Like you don't fit in with Koreans. You don't fit in with white people. Right. You're kind like you're not any of that. And I feel like likely there's a way that you are able to include people. Mm. Right. Include others because and to not other the people that are around you, right? To have them be yeah. included in a way. Is that Yeah, that makes sense. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. Mm. And then being, you know, a queer person, um, I didn't really I didn't come out until I was like twenty four. So I was oh, like really? raised deeply oh, Catholic. I forgot about uh, that. I almost became a nun like Catholic. And that is You a, did? I did. That's a story oh. for another day. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. And uh, I love Part the Catholic two, faith. Episode two. Yeah, episode two. I <laughs> uh, love the Catholic faith, the social justice aspect. But I, I can't find a home in Catholicism any longer because I am a queer person. And, you know, there is what there is with that. And, you know, when you kind of come out, it's kind of like going through a second, like, social learning in a way, because it mm. is a completely different culture mm. than straight culture, right? Yes. yes. And, you know, what I have loved being a part of that community. Mm. Every kind of culture has some part of queer culture about it. That's right. Right. And like about 10% of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have the you know fortune of being able to travel a lot. And I always find mm-hmm. queer culture mm-hmm. in every part of the world I've traveled in. Mm-hmm. And it's like I always have like a little home base no matter where I go mm-hmm. and feel safe mm-hmm. and feel really fortunate to be part of that mm-hmm. kind of culture. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I am a daughter of a command sergeant major, you know, E9, and okay. <laughs> have a deep appreciation for, like, military culture and what they go through and service members. And and it's so different 
than my other two people, you know, areas of culture or yeah. community I get involved in. Yeah. But I still, you know, love supporting veterans and mm. being a part of that community in a way. Mm. And, you know, it's it, and they're all so different. Yeah, they're so different. But I enjoy being part of it. Mm. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad I asked that. OK, this is the question I've stolen from Tim Ferriss. OK, is you have a billboard. Uh huh. Right. Not a dirt gopher billboard, right? <laughs> but a personal Kim Cook billboard. What's the message that you would put on that? Hmm. I would say, oh, I struggle with that. Part of it would just be like, be you, mm. you know? Yeah. If people could just be themselves, mm. I think a lot of good could happen in the world. Mm. And I oscillate between that and mm. that the, I think the quickest way to heal the world is to love your family. Mm. Right. That's great. So we'll get a billboard that has like a front side and a back, and back side. side. Yeah, 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 Okay, yeah. great, so great, be great. you on one side. I love it on 45. Like, uh, okay, great. <laughs> be you and love your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the quickest way to heal the world is Let's love, to love your family. family. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay, cool. Last question. Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? Ooh. Uh, Maybe not. There might That might be a dead end. Uh, no, this was a phenomenal conversation. Yeah, it's so good. Um. I wasn't quite sure how this would go because you never know how an interview goes. Totally. And I hope what I said all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it absolutely. And it's such a it's been a joy to be here. Yeah. yeah. I know there will be people who listen and this will be a huge contribution. No, oh, thank you. There is something that you are making possible in the world of business, in your industry, that is not the norm. And it's something that humans are hungry for especially in construction especially in construction <laughs> right like yeah. and i i think what's true about that is is the place where um it's just like the place where maybe people are seen as the least human mm, mm-hmm. i don't know if it's okay to say that or yeah not, right but like if we kind of oh, tell the truth about yeah. it to have people's humanity seen and appreciated and elevated mm. So I hope, and I know there will be people who hear this and they'll go, they'll, you know, at the very least, will the next time they're interacting with someone who is providing a service, that they'll see them in a new way. They'll be a little kinder to them. They'll be a little more compassionate to them. Um, And, you know, if there's leaders out there and, you know, business owners, that they'll get a possibility, They'll, they'll get a vision for how they can use their business to transform that corner of the world. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. That would be like dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All from just this conversation. Yeah. That's great. Ripple effect. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So you can find us online at Mm dirtgopher.com. You can also email me if you'd like at Kim, K-I-M, at dirtgopher.com. Okay. And then we're also on Instagram. At dirtgopher.com. Okay, good. The place to go for dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's (laughs) D-I-R-T. Gopher, G-O-P-H-E-R. Like the animal. Yeah, that's great. Anything else that you want to plug? Anything that you want people to go and do? Any request of the listeners? Anything like that? Mm, If you have a conversation in your head Mm. where you're like, well, I'll do this someday. Remember that someday doesn't exist. Mm. Put a date to it. Ooh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Challenge accepted. (laughs) So many dreams die in the world called someday. Mm. Go make your dream come true. Mm. Thank you. I love you. Oh, I love you too. This is phenomenal. Yeah, awesome. All right, y'all. Nathan here. One more time. Thank you so much for listening. 
I hope this episode was valuable for you and really worth your time. If you'd like to get more inspiring content to empower you as a leader like this, please sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also find me on LinkedIn by typing Nathan Harrington Coaching in the search bar. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please go and review it on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Additionally, if you wouldn't mind, share this episode with one or two people in your life that you think it might make a difference for. Believe it or not, this type of thing really does make a difference for entrepreneurs like myself. Thanks again for being here, and I'll see you again next time for Listening to Leaders. Listening to Leaders.